everyone, Kirk here, and man, you ever have one of those weeks, or have you ever had one of those months? This past month has kind of been one of those months for me. It has been a busy and very stressful one for a number of reasons. I've been trying to wrap up a couple of big musical projects that I've been overdue on finishing. I've also had some various life stuff come up, and I've been pretty sick for the last two weeks, which messed up my voice and made it so that I couldn't even record uh, consistently with good sounding voiceover tracks. All that is to say, I have not been as productive these past few weeks as I'd planned to be, and I have been able to finish the new episodes that I've got in production. Uh, in the meantime, I wanted to share this bonus episode, which I ran earlier in the year in the Patreon bonus feed, which is about a chord progression that I really, really like. And it's only about that chord progression, because for a little while now, I've been chewing on occasionally making smaller episodes like this one to fit in the spaces between the longer, more exhaustive episodes that I also like to make. This was a shot at making that kind of episode, an episode that focuses on one idea and explores it and then ends. So I think it turned out really cool, and sometimes it really is just nice to focus on a single part of a song. In this case, it is a particular chord progression that I just find myself really drawn to. You are actually hearing the chord progression behind me right now. It's from a song that is the fourth track from Bell and Sebastian's 2017 three EP release, How to Solve Our Human Problems. And the song is called The Girl Doesn't Get It. love Bell and Sebastian. I have ever since my buddy Russ, actually the same Russ who joined the show for last year's episode about funk drumming, since Russ hipped me to their 2006 album The Life Pursuit. I hadn't been aware of all the ways that the band had grown and expanded their sound since their debut in the late 90s. I'd heard some of that stuff off of Tiger Milk, and it's a great record. I just hadn't really realized how sophisticated they'd become in some ways. The Life Pursuit is very sophisticated. It's this great mix of hooky songwriting and smart harmonies it's got this 60s pop funk sound. There's a lot of great tones on it, a lot of great harmonies. So I love the record. It's really good. I listen to it over and over and over again. That track, The Blues Are Still Blue, from that album is still one of my go-to drumming warm-up songs. I just didn't really listen to many of their other albums after The Life Pursuit. sure that I'm not alone in this. I've kind of always been this way. I'll find one album that I like and I'll listen to it over and over rather than spreading my listening out across a band or an artist's discography. But then recently I was scrolling through my streaming service and I saw they put out a bunch of albums in the decade and a half since The Life Pursuit, so I decided to listen to some new Bell and Sebastian. I picked How to Solve Our Human Problems and man, it's a really good record. I've listened to a lot of their other stuff recently too. It's all really good, but I keep coming back to human problems. It's just really good stuff. You should dance till your heart is joy. The album makes sense as an evolution after The Life Pursuit. I mean, it was recorded 10 years later. They've continued to evolve as a band. They've grown even more robust. It's a really robust album. Just great sounds, really confident stuff. There's something on every song that I could talk about, but The Girl Doesn't Get It. It has such a winning chord progression. It ticks so many of my musical boxes that I wanted to talk about it.
So the song doesn't follow standard song form. Doesn't have a verse and a chorus. It's more of a progressive sequence, I guess I would call it, where the melody and the chord progression morph and change over the course of several phrases, climbing to a peak before dropping and then climbing again. It all centers around this big triumphant key change that happens in the middle of each extended phrase, and it's a great example of the kind of key change that I really like, where a song changes keys organically as part of the song rather than as a climactic moment toward the end. Of the song, you know, a kind of surprise all at once key change that you'd hear at the end of a pop ballad in the 80s or the 90s. <laughs> okay, there's nothing wrong with that kind of a key change either. This is just a different thing. It's a little bit more subtle, and it's pretty cool too. So you heard a lot of the song underneath me as I was introducing it,、um, but let's map it out so that I can show you why I think it's so clever and just sort of how it's structured. So we're in the key of C, and a basic phrase of the song goes like this. All right, so we start on C major, the one chord, and the second chord is a D minor seven, a two minor chord. I already like that because it's slightly jazzier than where a lot of pop songs go. You know, they spend their time on the four, the five, the six, maybe the three. Two minor seven—that's a little bit more sophisticated. Okay, so C major, D minor seven. The third chord is B flat major, which is a flat seven major, and that's a kind of unexpected move. There are some harmonic reasons that it makes sense to go from D minor to B flat major. Let's not worry about those too much. It's just a little surprise. It feels like a oh hey surprise kind of a feeling. So then we come to the end of the phrase, which ends with another little surprise, or at least a little misdirection. You kind of want it to go to an F major chord, the four chord after that B flat. That's a kind of natural place to go, but they delay that a little bit. They do this little figure that starts on G minor and then goes down to F major, and it repeats two times. So this is the basic chord progression of the song. We go from one to two. To flat seven, which then resolves this nice little walk down, five minor to four. Well, the girl doesn't get it, and you can't ever tell her. She will go with whoever wants her. It's a myth that they're selling. You can hear that one going to two. That's this song's harmonic identity. To me, at least, it's really contained in those first two chords. One going to two. In this case, two minor. It's a cool move because it's a direct climb. It's scalar. It goes from one to two, just right up a major scale, and that gives the song a strong sense of upward momentum. Every phrase begins with a one to two climb like that. They're all a little bit different, or at least some of them are a little bit different. But it's always one to two, and they get progressively more exciting as the phrase develops. So let's keep going. The second phrase is identical harmonically to the first one. Same chords, same movement, and it gets your ear comfortable. It kind of teaches you what the song is doing and what to expect. Now the third phrase is the same deal, same chords, though it introduces female vocal harmonies. All right, with three phrases down, it's time to change. 
And like, whoa, just like that, we're in a whole new key, and the song has completely shifted energy, even though it's not totally clear how it did it. It took just a few short bars, but we've gone from the key of C major to the key of A major, and they've done it so deftly that, yeah, you almost wouldn't notice what happened. You just know that it sounds like something is different, the song is brighter, and the energy is shifted. So remember those first three phrases. We went from a C major chord to a D minor seventh. So that's one to two minor seventh. On the fourth phrase, they make a crucial change. It's a single note that changes, but it makes a huge difference. They go from a C major chord to a D major chord. So that's one to two major instead of one to two minor. So that's just one note difference. The F natural in the D minor becomes an F sharp in the D major, but it makes a huge difference in the musical energy of the song, and it also sets them on a new course, which allows them to change keys into A major. I love this progression as well. I love one to two major. There's a lot that I could say about it, both harmonically in terms of other songs that use that chord progression. Um, basically, though, that F sharp is the crucial note, the third in the D major chord. It's a very bright sound, and it implies a sort of a Lydian sound for C major, a sharp four, which is a very bright, exciting sound, and the two major always sounds bright and exciting. So here it comes. So they still got to get to A major, and they do that in a very logical and very clever way. So they've gone from C major to D major. So from D major, they need to get to A major. That's actually pretty easy. They go from D major to that chord. D major is relative minor, which is B minor. That then sets up an E chord. They do an E sus resolving to E major, which is a pretty common little chord progression. And the E major acts as a five to the A major chord and resolves to A. So the full chord progression of that new phrase is C major, D major, B minor, E sus to E major, to A major. It's really easy to miss what's happening and to feel surprised by the A major chord when it lands, even though if you're in the key of A, D major to B minor to E major to A, that's actually a really straightforward chord progression. That's four, two, five, one. So the key change really lands when they arrive on the new one chord, on the new, you know, root, the A major, but it actually begins much earlier on that crucial D major chord. The moment the song shifts from a D minor to a D major, the key change has already begun. You can imagine that chord as kind of a handoff right at the D major chord. It stops being the two in the key of C, and it shifts, and it becomes the four in the key of A. And that might sound confusing if you don't know a lot of music theory, but just think of that chord as having a dual identity, and its second identity allows it to act as a fulcrum point where it smoothly transitions to a new key. just such a clever and elegant key change, and I want to really make sure that you're oriented in this chord progression and hearing what they're doing differently in that fourth phrase. So let's back up, and I'll play piano and call out the chords along with the recording, 
First, we'll go one time through the first chord progression, the one with the D minor, and then we'll go into that transition into A major, where they switch to D major and do the whole cool key change. And just listen to the contour of the song, how it keeps climbing and falling and climbing again, and how they manage to elegantly shift the energy so before you know it, you're in an entirely new place. All right, ears on, here we go. C. D minor, D flat major, G to F, to G to F, to C, D major, B minor, to E. And here we are on A major, and they begin climbing again. Just a moment here to shout out Bobby Kildea, who plays bass in Bell and Sebastian. His bass lines are super good. He's kind of going for that My Sharona kind of a groove, and it's consistent throughout this whole song. His bass lines just add a ton of energy to this song, and I wanted to note that as great as the chord progression is, you know, a chord progression is only as good as the musicians who play it, and I really love the bass lines that he's laying down on this song, and on most Bell and Sebastian songs, really, but especially on this one. So now they're in the key of A, but you're probably noticing the energy feels even higher than it was at the beginning of the song. And the way that they're doing that is what they're doing with the chord progression. So they've pulled off this deft key change. They've gotten us into a new key. What they do next really seals this whole song for me. They keep the sequence going and they play a third, even more exciting variation on that initial chord progression, though this time they're in A major. So they're still doing a version of that opening chord progression. It's just become a little bit more tweaked and a little bit more exciting. So this is the third chord progression that they've gone into, and I want to go all the way back to the beginning so that I can show you all three right next to each other to really help you appreciate the differences between each one. So the first chord progression that they did, it went one to two minor seven to flat seven major to four. So that was the first chord progression. Then they changed keys. They went from one to two major, still one to two, but two major. And then in the new key, that two major becomes a four. And then they go to two minor to five sus to one in the new key. And now they're in the key of A. Now for the third chord progression, they still do a similar kind of chord progression. They go from one, now in the key of A, to two minor, just like at the beginning, but this time they go to one over three. So it's a first inversion A major chord, an A major over C sharp, and then they end on an E major chord. So it's a subtly different chord progression, but it actually has a significantly different energy because they're going straight up the whole time. The other chord progressions, they dropped lower for the third chord. They started that climb one to two, but then they went to something lower. This time through, they just go straight up. A major, B minor, A major over C sharp, E. So in the bass, you just get that A, B, C sharp, E, which just feels straight upward. Even if you don't know what chords they're playing, you can hear that ascension. 
Let me go back and demonstrate so you can really hear what I'm talking about. Here's that first chord progression from the beginning of the song, and listen for how it moves first up and then down. So first, it moves up, but then it moves down. So the result is it kind of goes up, then it goes down. It's a it goes up, but then it goes down. So now compare that to the new section in A major where it just climbs the entire time. It goes up, and then up again. That higher energy is also reflected in the vocals. Stuart Murdoch is way up there in his range at this point. And between that, the new key, the new variant on the chord progression, this whole sequence of the song is just bubbling over with energy. So they repeat that chord progression again in A, and then they just loop back to the beginning and go right back to C. And we're back to the beginning of the cycle. So I really like that too, how they just kind of go back to C all at once without doing some sort of slick transition to get from the key of A back to C. Because, you know, it is nice to do a subtle or clever transition to do a key change the way that they do when they're getting from C to A. But sometimes you can just change keys by changing keys, by just deciding that you're going to create a new one chord and playing that new chord. And I appreciate that this song has both approaches. So I hope that you're seeing this structure and how it works. And I hope that the next time you listen to this song, you'll have a better sense of those contours and how they've been woven together. You've basically got three variations of the same chord progression placed end to end, one leading to the next, leading to the next. Each begins similarly with a one to some type of two chord, but each goes someplace new. The first variant is in C major, and it climbs, then falls, and then goes back to C and repeats. The second variant switches the quality of the two chord and it becomes a transition, elegantly changing keys to a new center, the key of A major. And the third variant is in the key of A major, still starting the same as always, one to two, but climbing more resolutely upward before just dropping right back to C and beginning the cycle again. It's such pleasing, smart songwriting, at least to me, I just love this kind of stuff. This is definitely the type of chord progression that I write, and I do tend to like music that sounds similar to the kind of stuff that I write. And I love to listen to songs like this because of that cyclical, harmonically progressive thing. It almost feels like an Escher painting or a shepherd tone where you climb to a new height and then you realize you're standing at the base again and you start climbing yet again, which turns the song into this endless ascent and it gives it this breathless, bubbling energy as it goes up and up and up and sustains it from start to finish. And don't get me started on the new chord progression that they introduced for the guitar solo. How about this? Those of you out there who play piano or guitar and like to figure out songs, how about you sit down and try to figure out the chords that they're playing on this guitar solo? Because they're pretty cool, and they move in a completely different direction and a different way from the main chord progression of the song. 
it's just a wonderful chord progression, a great song on a great album, and I wanted to talk a little bit about why I like it so much. And that'll do it for this analysis of the ingenious chord progression on Bell and Sebastian's The Girl Doesn't Get It from their 2017 EP collection, How to Solve Our Human Problems. It's a great record or collection of records, I suppose. It's a great collection of songs, and I hope that you'll give it a listen. Thanks, as always, for listening to Strong Songs. And as always, if you want to support the show and get early access to new episodes, you can go to patreon.com slash strong songs and sign up to become a patron. And I promise if you do so, you will actually get some new early access episodes in the near future. You can also make a one-time donation. There's a link down in the show notes and a huge thank you to everyone who's done that. Links to those things, social media, the Strong Song store, plenty of other things can be found in the show notes. I am looking forward to my life settling down a little bit and to bringing you the rest of season five over the course of the fall. Definitely some fun stuff planned for the near future. For now though, that'll do it. I hope you're all doing well out there. Take care, keep listening, and I'll see you all in two weeks for more Strong Songs. Mm